Welcome back to Rational Retriever Training, a podcast series where we try to focus on the why in retriever training. In today's podcast, we focus on timing in retriever training. Timing can be an important aspect when teaching a retriever a new concept. For example, imagine you're in your dog's shoe as a new puppy. The human says a strange word, sit, and pushes your butt to the floor, and then you see a food plate, so you stand up and start to eat. Contrast this with a hungry puppy looking up at a human holding a food plate. You're hungry, and you want the food. You stand for a while. That doesn't work. So you start to sit, and as you start to sit, the human says, sit, and you immediately get access to your food plate. In the first example, timing was irrelevant, and it was likely that the pup resisted being pushed to the ground and stood up to eat his food. In the second example, timing was excellent as the pup, almost as he completed the sit before he heard the word from the human, and then he was immediately rewarded with the food. The same type of timing is important in teaching a silent auto-sit with an older dog. We want the dog to think that his act of sitting triggers a mark. So with a remote winger or a remote launcher, we walk towards that location with the retriever at heel. And as the handler stops, the winger is not fired until the retriever begins the action of sitting. So the timing has to be ideal, and as the pup's but hits the ground, the bird is either at its arc or has just hit the ground. Repeat this timing enough, and soon the retriever is auto-sitting as a machine because he thinks his action of silent auto-sitting has triggered the winger. So here, timing is very important. Another example where timing is important is de-cheating a retriever in water. Imagine that you're a retriever and you've been sent to a mark. You know you can get to that mark faster by running rather than swimming. So you leave the line and run halfway around the pond and suddenly your handler blows the sit whistle. So you obediently sit. The handler then yells, here, and you get nicked by the e-collar. What have you learned? Perhaps that going was the problem. So next time to avoid trouble, Why not don't go? Dogs live in the moment. There was no handler feedback here the instant that you decided to run the bank and instead of the water route, so the handler's timing was poor. Contrast this scenario with the same setup, only this time the instant you decide to deviate from that route to the water, your handler blows the sit whistle and casts you back towards the water. At this instant, you realize you made a mistake, hence the sit whistle, and the decision to run the bank instead of to enter the water is fresh in your mind, and the handler showed you the correct route to correct your mistake by going and entering the water. So in the second example, we have better timing where the instant the retriever makes the mistake, the handler informs the retriever he made the mistake via the sit whistle. Another example in timing and retriever training are triggers of disobedience. So, for example, with some dogs in the holding blind, they hear, guns up, the instant the handler is freeing them from their collar, 
And this timing can trigger disobedience as they come out of the holding blind. A better approach in terms of timing would be to develop a routine of quietly and calmly uncollaring the dog as the working dog is returning with the last bird. Then with a traffic cop signal, step away from your, your retriever with a canine to human eye contact and make him wait in that holding blind. That way you're in control and your dog must obediently wait for the next command as you leave the holding blind to the line. So if the judges yell, guns up, you're not going to get that trigger of disobedience because you have that canine to human eye contact and your dog is obediently waiting for you. At a hunt test with multiple marks, the timing of the judges or the judges cadence can be important. So in AKC, you cannot talk to your dog. But what you can do is learn the judge's cadence for calling the birds. And that will help you. You're looking at your dog. You're not looking at the marks. But what you have to do is make sure your dog has focused on each mark and yet swings from one mark to the other mark based on your silent body movement. So as an example, let's say we have a senior hunt test with a flyer to the right and the first bird down to the left and your dog's on your left side. So you step up to block the flyer, because your dog's flyer crazy, and you focus him on that left first bird down. So the judges are gonna call for that mark. You should know what's the judge's cadence. Is it a count of three or a count of five between that first mark and the flyer? So the first mark down, you watch your dog, and then you count one, two, three, and then you know the judge is going to call for the flyer. So then you step back, which is a signal to your dog, stop focusing on that first bird, and now focus on that flyer station. So learning the judge's cadence is very important in terms of preventing head swinging in your dog, but also helping your dog see all the marks. With memory birds, and even go birds, the timing for the release of mark can be important. So for example, if you have a go bird and you send your dog too soon, it might result in a gorilla hunt. Well, the same go bird, the same situation, if you held your dog back until he was really focused on the spot where that bird fell, it could result in a, a better pinpoint mark. With memory birds, your dog comes back and you get a perfect sit, so Sheba, spine, head, eyes, attitude, and brain are all focused in the correct location. Many dogs will be panting, and then all of a sudden they stop panting. And when they stop panting, that's their signal to you that they're ready to be sent on that memory bird. Timing and casting is also important, especially at a hunt test where you're in camo. So you send your dog on a blind retrieve and you whistle sit him and he turns around and he sees a sea of people, some in camouflage, some moving, some standing. He may see a, a bird boy behind a holding blind. It's going to take him time to find you and then it's going to take him time to establish eye contact with you 
So you need to slow down and make sure that you have eye contact with your dog before you cast. Sometimes a prolonged wait can also help. So for example, if we have in a master hunt test, a diverted mark where we have a triple, but in between that triple, you need to run a blind. So you pick up two birds, and then you need to run a blind before you pick up the third bird. With some dogs, if you wait more than normal, they can sense that, hey, this is something different. We're not going to run a mark because I would have been released for a mark long time ago. So if you can hold the dog back and then start your cues for the blind retrieve, that wait sort of gets the dogs a little bit uneasy. And then they kind of realize that, hey, we're going to run a blind retrieve. Another example is at a critical point in a blind, for example, we have a water blind, we put the dog on a point, that's a critical cast. If you wait longer than normal, the dog becomes uneasy and the likelihood of getting that cast into the water will increase. And some people call that sweating the dog where you wait longer than normal and then the dog sort of gets uneasy because that's such a long wait. Praise can be important in retriever training, especially with owner-handler type relationships. And praise can occur at the wrong time. So, for example, praising the pup as he slowly returns or urging the pup to hold a bumper and come in quickly. Come here. Come on. Good, good. Come. Hold it. Hold it. Good. That's good. Hold it. Come here. Hold it. So in the pup's mind, he may think that he's being praised for a slow return, and you actually want the opposite. Praise can also sometimes be too quick. So, for example, praising a whining pup in the holding blind after a split second of being quiet. Quiet. Good. Quiet. Good. Quiet. Good. In the pup's mind, he may think he's being praised for whining because the praise is coming so quickly you know, he's quiet for a split second and you say good and then he whines. He's quiet for a split second and you say good and then he whines. In his mind, he may think that he's being praised for whining. And then praise may also become part of routine in the dog's mind. And the power of praise can be diluted if it's excessive, like cheerleading. So if praise is reserved for key retriever decisions, it can be more effective in terms of teaching retrievers. So think of praise as an important marker that informs your retriever the instant he made the right decision. So for example, after recalling the retriever for cheating water, you could move up and simplify to ensure success. Praise your dog the instant he enters the water. Good! That informs the pup that he made the correct decision to take the water route instead of running the bank. So often I'll see newbies tell their dog, wrong for running the bank, but rarely do they praise good, correct, for entering the water. Another example would be we've got a tough short mark that requires persistence and heavy cover. You could praise your dog good the instant he comes up with that tough short mark. Another example is the no-no barrier drill where you're teaching a dog to keep in line and jump over a barrier instead of running around a barrier. 
you could inform your pup the instant he jumps over that barrier, he made the correct decision. Good. The instant he jumps over a barrier. In the swim by drill, treading water is an important skill to teach. And it's not natural to most retrievers as they'll sink trying to sit on water. So what you should do is inform your pup the instant you blow the whistle and he turns around. Good. That's what you want. And then the next time you'll blow the whistle. Good. Good. And then basically extend that by a second, by five seconds, by 10 seconds, all the way up to you can have a dog treading water for minutes. It's an important skill to teach. And praise is an important part of that teaching of treading water. Timing can also be important in terms of getting that good initial line in blind retrieves. So imagine that you're a retriever and the handler tells you, dead bird, back. Where are you going to go? You're just going to run out and you have no destination. As opposed to a handler that says, dead bird, and then waits and looks at your nose and your eyes. And the instant you're focused on the correct destination, the handler gives you that instantaneous feedback. So it could be verbal. It could be good, back. The dog's focused on a destination. Or it could be dead bird. The dog's looking. His eyes and his nose points to the correct destination. And the handler's hand comes down as a signal that that's the correct destination. So that's another example where timing is important. We're trying to time in the locking of the dog into the correct destination for a good initial line.